All right. I have to introduce my, my friend, Lance. He's, he's also known as Vincent Campbell. And I'm Lance Skinner. But, but, no, but Lance, and, <laughs> Lance and I, we travel a lot together, and he's just a good friend of mine. We, uh, he, he actually married my, was, he didn't marry my, he did the, the, the thing, you know. <laughs> my son and daughter-in-law, and so we were just really close to them. And so I'd like to just introduce Lance. I mean, he travels around the world. He goes, we, we sidekicks, partners in crime. Hello. Hallelujah. I'm just going to play with this table a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good. Turn your cell phones off. Oh, wait. Oh, you never, never shame somebody. I thought you said shame them. I have to, I check, check my notes. I thought you said just shame them every time. Uh, I always ask God, what do you want to do? You know, when you go, hey, pastors, when it's your turn with a microphone, how many of you know God always is dying to say something? <laughs> Don't you think? Don't you think if God got the microphone, he'd go ahead on and say something? Well, you know, that's you. When it's your turn with the microphone, don't get up and say what you think or here's a cool thing I read in Reader's Digest. Say, God, what do you want to say to your people? These are your people. What do you want to do? Huh? Oh, man, we can quit right now. That's good. I'll just... But that's how I do every time. And I, and I ask him and he gave me this. Uh, he gave me this for you. And I'm going to I think what we're going to do is I'm going to give you something that uh, a skill, because this is a training session, right? This is not a revival session. This is a training session. Although, if revival breaks out, whatever. We've all been drinking a little this morning, as it is. Um, but uh, I'm going to share with you a, give you a skill that will save you. It will save your life. And it will save the lives of those around you. And it's, it's forgiveness. How many of you would like to just be good at forgiving? Because I don't know about you, but I've got a few wounds. You know, the Bible says that Jerusalem is a city that's built compactly together. How many of you know that the churches were built for, to be around other people? It's not a Lone Ranger thing. And when you get around people, guess what? They're going to hurt you. You know? I like the guy who said, if I hadn't hurt you yet, just hang on, I'll get to you in a minute. If you just be around me long enough, I'll eventually hurt you. Sorry. I just in advance apologize for, for hurting you. Uh, but, you know, if you've lived life on this planet a while, you've had some things done to you. Am I, am I alone here? Am I hitting anybody? You know, people do stuff. And, and Jesus gave us the... It just amazes me how simple this is. Forgiveness, 
We make it out to be like it's some big thing. Oh, brother, I just hope you can ever forgive. It's not like that. It's a, it's a very direct spiritual reality that Jesus gave us the keys. I mean, it's not some mystical thing. It's, it's real. And you can be good at it. How many of you want to get good at it? All right. Well, let's just take the time we've got left this morning and work at it together. I'm, I'm going to show it to you. If you look in Matthew 18, we're going to look at this parable of the unmerciful servant. Because uh, Peter came up and he said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? That's a good question. How many times? How many times do I need to do this? And he said, up to seven? And you know how Jesus answered. He's like, man, seven. Or 70 times seven. Or 700 million. Once you get out so far, it quits mattering. You know, I feel like by the time I've done it seven times, I'm... You know, we're old hat at this. But he said, you're just going to keep doing it. And he told him this parable. And in this parable, which you've read a zillion times, I'm sure. You've heard it. I just want us to get fresh eyes this morning and look at this. I think we'll find some keys in here that will surprise you. How many of you have ever... Now, come on, be honest. And I want to get you to stick your hand up in the air this time. You've been offended sometime and you really have had a hard time forgiving. Come on. I want to see that palm. Show it to me. All right. Because anybody, the liars that aren't got their hand up, you know, it ain't easy. Because if it was easy, we wouldn't need all this teaching on it, right? But it is quite possible. So, so let's just let's dive right in. Uh, in Matthew chapter 18 and verse uh, 23... I want, to, I want to just begin there, and I'm just going to read you this. Do this. I've learned more just by forgetting what I know and opening my ears, because faith comes by hearing, hearing, true hearing comes by that Word of God. Let's just, let's just blanket. Let's hear this story for the first time. You want to do that? Therefore... The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, the man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he, his wife, and his children, and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Well, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and he let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, just a few bucks. So first there was a million dollars. That was literally a million dollars. This is just a few bucks. He grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, please be patient with me. And I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Well, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. The master called the servant in. You wicked servant. He said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, 
his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Open your words to us. Let us feel the undiluted full weight of your words. Speak to our hearts. God calls us to be open and fearlessly honest in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to... Did you feel it? Can you feel the weight of this, of this word? It's like, when I read it, I think, man, I can't believe this has always been in there. I mean, I heard it, and I, you know, I know it. I've heard, I've heard that before, but wow, when you look at it. So I want to I run through this just a couple more times, just to pull the stuff out of it. And the first time through, I want to show you how God forgives. How many of you know that is our gospel? The gospel, for, why is forgiveness such a big issue? Because it's the issue. The whole thing we're doing is because he forgave us. He canceled my debt. The only reason I'm standing here talking to you is because I myself have been forgiven of all my sins. That's huge. So let's, let's look and see how our transaction works with God. How does God forgive? Because this parable is really, if you look at it, it's a, it's a comparison. It's a contrast between how God would forgive and then how this servant would, would fail to forgive in the way God forgave. So there, there's much to be learned here. Let's just dive right in. So he says the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts. Forgiveness is about settling accounts. How many of you know there's going to be a day of account settling? Just like we talked about, there's a moment that God's all your days are written. I've written them in a book. The Bible says it's appointed for a man once to die, and then what? To face the judgment. Do you know your day is written? The day that you die is written down. You're, the day you expire, your last breath is already written down. It takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? That's why I'm not afraid of anything. We go to some crazy places. I go places and they say, man, aren't you afraid to go there? I go, I don't know, Jesus, are we afraid to go there? Is this bothering you? Because my day's written down. I'm not going to go a day early or a day late. It's an appointment. But after that, there comes the judgment. Where we, there will be a settling of accounts. See, and it says that the, the king wanted to settle accounts. He had it in his heart. That's what he was going to do. Hey, it's time to settle some accounts. So when our day came, when it came time for God, to, for when I faced God for the first time, have you remember when somebody preached the gospel to you? When you heard the gospel and you came to a decision where you were faced with, I don't know about you, I remember going, if I don't get right with God, I will burn in hell. I knew that. That's part of the gospel. If I come in here and say, there's a lifeboat, there's a lifeboat, you go, what? But if I come in and say, the ship is sinking, you're going to be in icy water up to your neck. 
There's a lifeboat. You go, yay, lifeboat. If I just tell you, oh, you know, God loves you. And then you go, what? You say, you're going to hell. You're an outlaw. You're going to have to pay for your sins. But God loves you. And he said, oh, part of the gospel is judgment. There is a judgment. I don't know about you. I didn't get saved because God loved me. I got saved to save my neck. I knew that if I had to face Jesus, I'm going to lose. I mean, you know, I'm sorry if you think that's uh, uh, base and low, but that's the reason I got saved. That's not why I'm still here. I'm crazy about Jesus. I love him. But I got saved because I didn't want to burn. All right, I'm alone, but that's okay. Come on, come on, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, when you, when you want your kids to clean your room, you say, here's the thing. If you clean your room, you'll get ice cream. If you don't, you get the belt. So you, get, you put it on both sides. And so some of us come because God promises heaven or because he loves us. That's awesome. But guys like me, the ornery ones, until uh, I see the belt, I ain't coming. So a good parent, a good parent knows how to do both. And that's your father. So there's a time to settle accounts. And when my time to, to, to settle my account, it says here, he brought this guy in who owed millions of dollars. If you've got a footnote, that's probably what it says in there, right? Talents is a zillion of them. Just a lot of, a stack of cash. The national debt. So just imagine one guy stacked with the national debt. That's me. Do you, could you count your sins? That you've ever committed? Come on. How many, if you just had to count them, we'd be here a long time. But yet, all of those on the day of accounting are amassed. How many of you know that in God's courtroom, all the facts are laid out? That's something I want you to see. When God makes a judgment, it's never made on appearance. It's never made on reputation or what somebody might have said or might have done. And like they do in the courts today, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that's who knows what happened. But you know what? In God's room, they play the video. You know, they just you, you say, oh, God, I didn't yeah, roll that back for us, would you? Let's let's look at that in slow mo one time. And it's all out there. That's the day of judgment. You see, and each of us are in that position. When it comes your turn to stand before God, were it not for, and I'm getting to the punchline about Jesus. We all know it. We're all going, come on, man, get to the punchline. But, but before, because we've been in it so long, just do you remember how it felt to know that I am a sinner before a holy God? That if, if it weren't for the sacrifice of Jesus, if I stood before the Lord, how stacked upon stacked upon stacked would be my sins. You think about that. See, we've been forgiven for so long, we've kind of, sometimes it wears off. You've got to get back to the cross. You've got to remember that before the cross, man, you didn't have a leg to stand on. Huh? You with me? Remember that, that hopeless, helpless feeling that, God, if you counted my sins, who could stand? How could I even face God with my mountain of sins? I'm doing this for a reason. 
We're going to, we, you, you must be in tune with your mountain of sin. If you're not, if for some reason you think, no, I'm a fairly good guy and, you know, Jesus just saved me, you know, because it's just the little stuff I don't do right. No, you're a monster. Come on. Without the Holy Spirit, without the redemptive work of Jesus, there's a monster inside of you. And I don't care if you're the sweetest little old lady, you're a monster. True or not? Come on. You know, without the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you would do awful, vile, horrible, selfish things. Now, let's get real for a minute. Come on. You say, oh, but I have good intentions. You know you. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you your thing, but you know that's true. Does that worry anybody sometimes of what you're, what you're capable of? Does that ever scare you? You just think, oh man, thank you, Jesus. If I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I'd be trouble. I mean, I wasn't saved in high school. And I mean, we went to our high school, I don't know, reunion thing. And man, I spent most of my time just apologizing. I'm, I was such a jerk. I'm, so sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, good to see you. Oh man, you still even speak to me? That's awesome. You know, that's, I mean, that's, that's what we are without it. So, so here's, this, here's this guy, and he's standing there, and it's all laid out there. Every dime he ever borrowed from the master is all written out in a nice, long account. Everything. You need to get a picture of this. We're going to use it later. Can you see that? That everything is accounted for. Nothing is left out. It's a full, honest, brutally honest accounting of everything. And that's when it says he was not able to pay. See, I'm not able to pay. Man, you look at that mountain of stuff I've done, stuff I'll do tomorrow. I can't pay for that. Because what's, what's the wages of sin? What is the penalty for a, any sin? If you live your life like gold and you take care of everybody and you get down to the end of your days and you have a little sin, what do you deserve? It's death. That's, you, you forget, that. it'd be like a, somebody in court, you know, accused of murder. Well, yeah, no, I, see, I, I did, yeah, I did murder the guy. Not saying I didn't, but you know, I do so much good. And everything else I do good, and I, you know, I was just having an off day, and I just blew his brains out. It's just, it was just an all, it's all it was. What does that guy deserve? He deserves to go to jail. He's, he's going to pay for that. That's the way it is with sin. That's why none of us escape. Little old Aunt Sally. You know, everybody talks about, oh, you mean, are you saying little old Aunt Sally's going, little old Aunt Sally's a monster. It's in there. That's the problem with the, the people today. They've got this self-righteous attitude. I'm not talking about church people. I'm talking about the people on TV and stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, well, we just, you know, because we, we they have this sense that they are moral. And that what they don't understand is they're monsters, like all of us. God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he might have mercy on them all. That's what the Bible says. So, he was not able to pay. That's the beauty right there. You know, there comes a time when it's hopeless. And that's right where we were when God found us. Do you remember feeling that? That when somebody, when they start to preach the righteous requirements of the law or the, the judgments of God or... or the, the holiness that he expects. 
I just look at myself and go, oh. I mean, not even, you can't even polish me to look good enough for that. You know? There's an old saying about polishing something and whatever, but I'm not even going to go there. But you, you can't put lipstick on a pig. I'll say that. I'll use that one. You, got no, you don't have a leg to stand on. That's where this guy was. He was not able to pay. So the master, what's the thing to do? Well, you have to sell him and all his stuff and his wife and his family and belongings. To, because here's this document that says this is required of you. you the law requires you got to sell. And so that was the right thing to do. The master said, well, you really should pay. But if you can't pay, that's whatever. We'll just sell you and your family and your stuff. And, and it'll still never pay at all. But that's, but that's the best we can do. Well, so the servant fell on his knees. He was pitiful. He fell on his knees and he said, please be patient and I'll pay it back. You got to see that. He was in a beggarly state. He just said, look, if, you, no, I, if you'll just, I don't even know what to say. Just give me time. I will do everything I can to pay it back. Well, the master looked at him. He saw him in that state. And the Bible says that he took pity on him and he canceled the debt and let him go. Here's a, here's a key to forgiveness right here. You need to see this. How did he cancel the debt? Who paid? Who paid the debt? Forgiveness of a debt says, I will absorb the cost. What he owes, put it on me. Account it to me. I'll pay. Don't make him pay. Let me pay. He owes it. I'll pay it. That's forgiveness. That's how we were forgiven. He didn't just say, nah, it's okay. I'll let you in heaven. No problem. There's, a, there's an accounting that says, who's going to pay for this? Who will pay? And Jesus said, Father, don't hold this against them. Let, let that fall on me. I can pay it. I'll pay. I will pay. Let me pay. I absorb the cost. They did it. They deserve it. It's on their account. Let me pay it. I will pay. That's forgiveness. So he canceled the debt. He said, I pay for that. And he let the man go. How many of you are glad of the gospel? We owed, he paid, we go free. It's good. It's good. Now, and I could go through this next little bit where the guy goes out, but you know what this is like. This is a guy, he's just been set free from a mountain. A ma that's why Jesus is telling this parable. He was just this moment set free from a mountain of debt that would completely wreck his entire existence for eternity. And he goes out, and there's a guy that owes him a few little bucks. And somehow, in his wicked, wicked state, he can't muster enough mercy. He just, it's like, I forgot what just happened to me. It's like that didn't even matter. I just, I just got out from a whole debt load, a whole, 
I just escaped with my life. But I just forget all that and I'm going to make this guy pay. Just for a few bucks. Come on. Jesus often told his parables to, make, to get a reaction out of the people, to get a ride. They're like, hey. You remember when, remember when Nathan told David? He's like, there's this guy and he has the little lamb. And he's, David's like, what? I'll kill that guy. That guy deserves to die. And he's like, you the man. You the man. Well, that's what Jesus is telling here. He wants you to see. Do you know what it's like to be forgiven of a mountain of debt and then you go out here for a few little bucks and you're going you're gonna to grab them by the throat and make them pay? What does he call it? It's wicked. He said, you are a wicked servant. What's wrong with you? Wicked. So he's, he's contrasting those. So I want, to, I want to walk back through this parable and I want to show you how you and I can forgive the way God forgives. How I many of you ready? Come on, this is a tool in your bag. This is, this is not a, I appreciate what you said about something being practical. You know, they teach about the rapture. How can you practice the rapture? You know, Jesus, I mean, you know, Jesus said, Jesus said, go and make disciples, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. How can you observe the end times? How can you observe the Trinity? I, you know what I'm saying? I, there, there's, just, there's some things that are philosophical in the word, but there are other things that are doctrinal, teaching, practical. You know, what did he say was sound doctrine? You teach the older men not to be jerks. We covered that already. You know, you teach the younger women. You teach, you teach them to do. So here's something you can do. If you've ever had a hard time forgiving anybody for anything, this is going to help you right here. You ready? Could you use an extra tool in your bag that's going to help you? I'm telling you, you can forgive on the spot. This is not a gimmick. This is not some kind of, you know, nine easy steps to the 12 secrets. It's not one of those. This is something real. This is how to have real forgiveness. Do you know, I, well, I'll cover it when I get there. I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. So let's look at it. So, first of all, the king wanted to settle accounts. He had, a, he had it in his mind to settle accounts. Somebody offends you, you know what needs to happen? You need to settle that. That account needs to be settled. You, you make up your mind. You know, most people, the reason we don't forgive, do you know why we tend to not forgive? Hey, and all you ladies in the room, won't you look at me, look at me and listen to what I'm saying. And I'm just picking on ladies just because I can't. I got the microphone. But you know why we tend to not forgive? It's because we think, you know, but, but nobody knows how I feel. You, but you don't understand what he did to me. You don't know. You weren't there. And, and there's a sense in us that feels like he's getting away with this. That's why I can't let it go. It's because you just don't know the pain it's caused me. Isn't it? Isn't that why we tend to not forgive big things? Huh? You know? Because somehow we feel like if I, if I turn him loose, if I, if I turn it loose, somehow he'll get away with it. This is an, a deliberate accounting. You know what needs to happen when someone offends you? It needs to go to the courts of heaven. You've got to take it in front of God. Because in front of God... The eyes, nothing, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him with whom we must give account. 
His, his, in his courtroom, nothing is left to chance. Nothing is left to appearance. There is no double speak. There is no cover up. It's all just right out there. When God brings a matter into his courtroom, all is seen. Amen? You know what needs to happen with that offense? You need to bring that offense right into the courtroom of God. And you say, I need to account. We need to settle this account right here. And you know what? You tell God. And the cool thing about telling God anything is because he says, you know, you say, that, you, know, you know what he did to me? He did this. And God goes, yeah, I know. It's like being at a psychic convention, you know. Everybody's walking around going, I know, I know, I know, I know. Sometimes telling God stuff, you know, that's what it's like. You say anything, he's like, yeah, I know. I was there. In fact, I know it better than you do. See, you need to understand that. He understands the hurt that was done way better than you. That is our God. He, he was there. Let me say to you also, for you who have been hurt, you have never been alone. There's never been a moment that, he, that your father was not watching. He's right there with you. And anybody that's got kids, you know what I'm saying. I'd rather take a hit myself than watch my kids get a hit. True or not? And so when he says something like that hurts me more than it hurt you, he's not just saying an old wives' tale. That's real. He was there. He was right there. He said, I have written all your tears on the scroll. I've saved them all in a bottle. So when you enter God's courtroom, there's nothing left out. Nothing. Because in, in man's courtroom, they can shade it one way or another. It may look like this or somebody may present. In God's courtroom, it's all just there. It's just right there. The way you felt, what he meant by what he did to you, how he said it, all the things that led up to it, why he, blah, 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 you just go on. It's all there. You've got to have an accounting. I believe 90% of people who do not, and I use that word purposely, who will not forgive is because of that right there. They feel like all the facts have not been heard. And so I have to keep doing this. I have to keep working this thing over because I'm not willing to let it go because nobody knows what, how it happened to me. Well, guess what? Why don't you bring that right into the courtroom and put it all out there? And you'll be amazed at what happens when it comes out in the open. Look what happened. There was a deliberate, full accounting. All the facts were laid bare. And it was put out there in order to find a verdict. You understand that, that when that, that accounting is done, some, there, we're doing that with a, with a purpose in mind, which is we're going to have to do something about this. Something must be done. There is a, there's a, something that's got to happen based on the facts that have been presented. Are you following me? So, and when that thing that that person did to you, when it's laid out there, they don't have a leg to stand on. You know what I'm saying? That if you come and you've got a genuine offense, someone has done something to you and it hurts, when you bring that into God's courtroom and that person is exposed, what they did and all their motivations is exposed before God, 
What kind of position do you think that puts them in? They're in that same shape. It's all there. It's all out in the open. You can see everything I did and said and thought and all my ugly intent when I did that thing to you. And so, what do you say? You can't deny it. You can't run. That person is in a vulnerable, I mean, ultimately, he's just in a terrible position. He is at your mercy. You see what, what's happening? The truth is the person that hurt you. Who's in trouble? Look, when I come downstairs and my kids are fighting and one of them's laying over there going, oh, God, she hit me. And the other one's standing there. Which one of those is in trouble? It's the hitter. The hit E is okay. Hit E's going to get some ice cream and I'm going to put him to bed. Hit her. We got some things to talk about. It's the same way in God's courtroom. You've been hurt. But now who's in trouble? Honestly. That's how, and, and the secret to forgiving is number one, is to do, let me, I'm going to just jump right into my notes. Number one is to do a full accounting. And number two is to see, because Jesus' his, his words to them were, you must forgive your brother as you have been forgiven. Right? Our deal is to forgive like God forgives. And so, so thing number one is to make a full accounting. Uh, to size up all the debt. Listen, when you, re, when you recount, because how many of you know that when you don't forgive somebody, all you do is play in that over and over again. You, you know that? That's that word resentment. It's a French word that means to do business over and over again. Just to go over the same ground. And so what's happening is in your heart, without any help from the Holy Spirit, you're just going over and over that thing. Come on. You know what I'm saying? That's why it chews at you. That's why it bugs you because you just see it again and again and again and you, you can't get free from it. Well, what you should do is only play that tape one more time in the courtroom. You take it before God and you say, and and. Hold nothing back. He said that and it just ripped my heart out. The way he looked at me, the way he did it, it was, oh, it killed me. It tore my heart apart when that happened. Just lay it all out. Give your testimony before God and say, look, look what was done to me. And hold nothing back. All the facts on the table. This is your one time to say it all. And you know what? You'll be surprised that after you've said it all and God has heard it all and it's all on the big board in heaven, you need to look at your offender. You need to see them. You need to see them cowering before the throne. They don't have a leg to stand on. What you're saying is true and right. Your accusation is true. I would not want to trade places with that guy. You know what I'm saying? Come on. You who've been hurt, would you rather be you or would you rather be the guy that hurt you? You need to think about that. We need to hear God declare an unquestionable verdict and pronounce sentence. 
He's going to read the charges and he's going to say, guilty. You did say that to her. You did do that. You need to hear that come down because that is going to put your offender in a very precarious position. You see where, you see where we're going with this? And finally, there's, there's two more things. Acknowledge the, the, the state of that person. Because you remember, do you remember the picture we painted earlier of you before the cross? Do you remember your state? Do you remember how in need of mercy, how you just wished there was a way out? And when God came through and said, I'll pay for you, you need to see that same person's in that same state. And then you, here, and this is the big secret, have pity. You're too busy being angry at him to have pity on him. Come on. When you think about your offender, somebody that offended you, you get a little mad at him. Anger is the number one indicator that forgiveness has not happened. You can say, oh, I've, I've forgiven him, but I, I, had a, I had a sister say this to me. She said, I've forgiven him, but I'm still, I still get angry. I said, well, then you hadn't forgiven him. You see that something changes. When the king forgave the debt, when he canceled the debt of the guy that owed a zillion dollars, what, how did their relationship change? How did his status change? I'm the angry demander, and you owe. And you're scared of me because I'm demanding that you owe. But as soon as I decide I will pay, guess what? You are grateful. And I feel this great benevolent, ah, look what I, I did. Oh, we're buds. You know, I, I had mercy on them. I paid. And you know, there's something sweet. When you sacrifice for someone else, you know, there's a sweet feeling there that says, I, yeah, you feel a certain closeness that you won't get any other way. Well, that happened with us and Jesus, right? I mean, that's why we're still serving him today. Right? Come on. Well, that's got to happen in your forgiving. When you honestly, and I want you to understand this, forgiveness is a spiritual reality that is or is not. It's binary. It's on or it's off. It's in or it's out. It's true or it's false. Either it is or it isn't. It's not a, it's not a gradual scale. Either a transaction has taken place or it has not. And I'm just telling you, We've been given kind of a faulty way of, of, of forgiving people, kind of a faulty teaching on it, you know. We don't really do it fully well, as clear as like what I'm painting here. And so, when you really get down and examine it, a lot of times we have not forgiven because there's still anger there. The relationship didn't change. Their status did not change before us. Follow? So, to forgive somebody is to change their status. You see them. You have pity on them. You remember your own hopelessness before God and you say, ooh, that is a bad feeling and I wouldn't wish that on the devil. And you, you, you change. And that's when you do this. Listen, and this is the most beautiful thing. This is the most Christ-like thing you can do. This is, this is where you get to know more about what it means to be like Jesus than any other time. It's when you look at someone who has hurt you 
and you say, I will pay for them. Let me bear the cost. Let the, the cost, the pain, the, the damage that was done by what they did, let it rest on me. Let me bear it. Let me pay. Don't, don't, Father. I mean, they were throwing rocks at Stephen. They, had, they were killing him after he just told them good stuff. He was there like the face of an angel, just in the anointing, seeing the vision of heaven. And they were killing him with murderous rage. And while they were throwing rocks at his head and killing him, he said, Father, don't, don't hold this against them. Don't, don't let that, don't let that, I'll t I got this. This, this don't, don't count this. Please cancel this. Let it, let it come on me. Don't, don't, let me pay. Don't let them pay. Now that's supernatural, but it's also, we're supernatural. That's supposed to be part of our everyday experience. That's how we forgive. We absorb the cost. Everybody say to your neighbor, I'll pay. I'll pay. That is forgiveness. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's a secret here. We were, I taught this in uh, Bogota, Colombia. And there was a woman who, uh, she was having trouble forgiving somebody and she came up and I ministered to her a little bit. I'm, we may do a little bit if we have time. Of ministry where... She just broke down and said, finally said, yes, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. I said, well, what's going on? She said, well, my daughter, who's 13, uh, was raped when she was six. And I have been angry at that man ever since. I've just hated him with a vile hatred. And she said, I, I have today, I have forgiven him. And she could see it on her face. It was like she, when she got done, it was like giving birth. Something just went, whoa. And she was just as light and free as could be. I mean, that's a pretty serious thing. But you can do this. And here's the, so it really boils down to, so this is the one, to me, if I could just leave you with one thing, I want to give you this one thing. That thing about I'll pay. When you get offended, you acknowledge it all before God and you just say, I can bear this. I'll pay for this. The hurt, the pain, everything. Please don't account it to them. Are they guilty? Yes, they're guilty. You need to hear the pronouncement from heaven. That dude is guilty. No question about it. Everything you're saying is valid. They are guilty. And, if, and unless somebody steps in and says, put that on me, he will pay. I don't think you got that. I'm going to say it again. If you don't intervene... In his case, if you don't stand up for that guy, he will pay for that. On the day of judgment, will it be counted against him? You better believe it. But when you say, that's why he said to, Jesus said to Peter, he said, you know, whoever sins you forgive, I forgive. If you'll forgive him, I forgive him. So when that guy did you wrong, that's why Jesus did it that way. When he was on the cross, he's like, don't, don't forgive him, Father. They don't, really, they don't even know what they're doing. Let it fall on me. You get to do this with that person. If you don't step in, that's my question to you. Do you want them to pay? Do you really want them to pay? Because I tell you, 
while I'm standing here, I'll tell you a sure fact, they will pay. Unless you pay, they will pay. Who will pay for this? I'll pay. I'll pay. I could stack up for you right now all the people. You know, I used to pastor, so I got sheep bites I can show you. You know, I, I can, I could, you know, I could stack them. I could tell you people done me dirty. I could just, the list goes on. I'll pay for that. Think about it. It's the one time you get to be really like Jesus. Let me pay. Let me pay for that. Are, are you not able? Huh? Are you, are you too weak? Is that, is that too much for you? Come on. There's something inside of you that's a royal thing that says, you know what? No. Don't, let, don't make them pay. Let me pay. That's who we're called to be. That's the royal thing. And that's when it's going to change. Your status, your relationship with that person is going to change. I'm telling you, if you came into this meeting today with somebody that's done something wrong to you and you've, you've, you've had this hard place, you can walk out of here today with that thing gone. And it doesn't just go away. It flips to where at first there's this anger and debt and fear and, and uh, you know, adversarial type relationship to where you are the benefactor. You have chosen to bless that person. You, you feel a tenderness to them because you say, you know, I've paid for you. I mean, they may never know it. Listen, I'm not saying call the guy up and say, you know what? I'd pay for you. You did me, you know, that's, that's, you didn't even, you, you forgot, you didn't hear anything I said. This is in the court of heaven. This is where you settle it. And that dude, he'll be like, God, that guy should be really mad at me still. I don't know, what's his deal? Why is he like all, I mean, every time he sees me, I can see in his eyes, he really, his heart is for me. That comes from this kind of forgiveness. Come on, this is what God called us to. How many of you are starting to see it? I can see the lights going on. I can see the gears turning. I smell smoke over here. You know, uh, there's, you know, it's, it's a real forgiveness. Settled once and for all. That's the way God's always intended it. He never meant for you to carry a hurt. Pain is optional. Misery is, is or pain is mandatory. Misery is optional. You know, you're going to get hurt, but you don't have to be miserable. You don't have to carry it. You can let them go. It said he canceled the debt and he what? Let him go. The dark side of this, and I, I got to mention it because what I said earlier, there's sometimes, sometimes there's the ice cream and sometimes there's the belt. The dark side of this is If truly you have been forgiven millions of dollars worth of debt and you go out and for a few dollars choke somebody else, you're wicked. You're wicked. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't write this story. Hallelujah. Don't get mad at me. That's what he called it. You see what happened? The wickedness shifted. It got on you from the offender. Now who's in trouble? 
I'm just saying. And listen, there's people out there today that say, oh, poor baby. You know, oh, you've been through so much. I, I just, I hope you can ever forgive. I know you've been through so much, and I'm not saying it's not. Your pain is real. It counts. It matters. It hurts. It's big. It's real. It's on the board, and it, it is. But I got to tell you, I got to warn you as a brother. What that guy did to you, the, the message of this parable is that what anybody can ever do to you is like this compared to that. And did I make something up there? Did I go off script? You need to be real about this. You need to know. Come on. That big thing that's huge and it hurts. Honestly, is this compared to what you did. That's the message of this parable. And if you forget that deliberately, the Bible says they deliberately forget. If you forget that comparison, if you blow this out of proportion to where you think, oh, this is everything and what I did to Jesus is that, man, that's wicked. That's dangerous. You're foolish. You're, 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 you're missing it. Have you forgotten? The Bible says they have forgotten. They have forgotten that they've been cleansed from their past sins. That's why I wanted to paint that picture. I'm not big on sin. I don't run around, you know, uh, what's wrong with you? You know, I'm not that guy. But you've got to remember the mountain of sin that you've been forgiven for. Before you start to look at this thing somebody did to you, you've got to make an honest comparison. And that may even hurt you to do. I think I'm talking to somebody. That may even hurt you to do. Maybe you're, maybe you're unwilling to admit that all of that... Let me, and I'll just put it in perspective for you. The guy that raped the little six-year-old girl and what he did to her mom, it wrecked their lives. Wrecked them. Just wrecked them. I mean, she was in... The little girl was just having all sorts of trouble. The mom was just almost go crazy. But in reality, compared to what I have done to him... That whole mess, comparatively. Come on. That's a dangerous thing. I mean, you may be getting mad at me. I'm sorry. But if not, then you misunderstand your sin. You misunderstand your monstrosity. You misunderstand what you've been saved from. You, you've forgotten it, or you never saw it. Or maybe you think I'm making some stuff up. I'm telling you. Our mountain of debt is huge. And if you don't believe that, no wonder you can't forgive. I'm going to make it more positive here in a minute. I just had to get on that. Because sometimes you need the bill. But come on, am I, am I lying? Is anybody, you see what I'm saying there? Am I saying that your thing is not valid? Not at all. Am I saying that what they did to you, man, what they did to you probably wrecked you. It's, it's horrifying. It's on the board and it, it counts. It matters before God. God saw it and it hurts and, it's, and it matters. I would never minimize what somebody's done to you. But I would recommend that you put it in perspective to the debt you've been forgiven. That's what this parable is talking about. Yeah? So we have a great opportunity. To be absolutely free. I always, my goal, and I, I sense this from the Lord, that his goal, when he says, hey Lance, go tell him this thing right here. His goal is that none of us walk out with anything. Zero. I don't know how many heads we got in the room, but of all of us, zero. If 
If you walk out of this door, that's what they say, you leave Ryan's hungry, it's your fault, you know. And if you, you walk out this door and you got an unforgiven thing, it's on you. Because God is here today, I'm prophesying. He's here today to get you free from that. Free. And I don't have time to explain to you, but the pastors, you nod at me, pastors, and tell me if I'm telling the truth. The root of most troubles in people's lives and getting answered prayer and in anything in the church stems from unforgiveness. Am I telling it? You know it's true. So, if you got unforgiveness, that kind of puts you in the pool of humanity with the rest of us. Right? Don't feel like, oh man, he's singling me out. No, no, no. It's, hey, come on. But let's, let's get it out. Let's be done with it today. Could we do that? When I've done this before with uh, people, I've had miraculous testimonies of people who will actually see the face, they have a vision of the face of the offender in front of them. And as they do this process, as one lady was saying, she, she said that the, the face shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and it just goes poof. And suddenly they're real happy. That was, a couple of people had that experience. How many of you would like to see that face disappear forever? And I want to encourage you, if you are hearing my words and you, it's kind of making you a little on edge, you feel like, I feel like I'd like to do that, or, but I don't really even want to think about it or I don't want to do all that, let me just encourage you. It's like surgery. Nobody wants to have surgery. I mean, no, who, you know, man, who wants to go through all that? But you need It'll save your life if you'll do this. You want to do this together? Can we do this? Actually, yeah, let's do it together. Let me walk you through it a little bit. And, I, you know, I, let me just do it this way. I want to do it. Can I borrow this chair here? And just kind of show you what it looks like. Here, sister, what's your name? Yes. Carolyn, would you come? Do you mind? Have you ever had trouble forgiving somebody? I mean, I know you're married to that guy, so I, you know. You're probably an expert at it, I guess, you know. But do you, do you, have, a, you, have, a hard, you have a hard thing with somebody? Yeah, that you still have kind of had trouble releasing a little bit? Yeah. Um, do, would, do you mind to... Tell what that is, or would you rather not? I'll leave that to you. Only share as much as you'd like. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What's her name? Rose. And all I'm going to do, we're just, we're just going to, the goal is forgiveness. You want to turn somebody loose. All I'm going to do is just kind of help with that a little bit. Okay. So I'm going to, to help you, I'm going to be, I'm going to take the place of Rose. Is that all right? And I just want to, uh, 
I'm going to just say some things that if, if I were Rose on the day of judgment when all this is in the courtroom, mm. I'm going to tell you the way I see it mm-hmm. from me. Is that okay? Yes. Can, can I give you just a little hug like yes, this? You can. I'm so sorry. If I had known what the way I'm doing with your son, if I'd known that was going to cause him so much trouble, cause you so much trouble, I'd have never done it. I just, I just acted foolishly. And I, I have no excuse. You're right. I, I should have. Should have done better. Should have listened to you. Should never have tried to take your place with your boy. And I just ask you, can you forgive me? Yes. Would you? Yes. Would you forgive me? Can we just forget that it ever happened? Yes, Rose, I forgive you. Do you, do you mind? Will you just, mm-hmm. just forgive me before God? Mm-hmm. I forgive you forgive me for everything, everything I ever did and said, the way I did it. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. How about that? It's just that easy. You got to know that that they will not have that option on the day of judgment. So if you do the work now, if you'll forgive them, you can set them free. Just like that. Now, I, we won't have time to be rose for everybody. But you can do that, right? Can you imagine? God gives us an imagination for a reason. It's a, it's a God-given gift. Can you imagine that encounter with you and that person on the day of judgment? And in the full light of revelation of what they know, what damage they caused, don't you think they might say to you, Man, I, I, how stupid, how stupid was I? I don't, I don't know what, to, I just don't even know what to say. I can't even look at you, I don't know what to say. Huh? This would be a good time to do that business, thank you, thank you. This would be a good time to do that business. I bring a towel because sometimes they will just absolutely... <laughs> wet you from head to toe. <laughs> but we got Rose sorted. She's in it. She has a different status with you now. When you see her, you're not going to be... You're, you're for her now because you paid. You're, you're, you're absorbing that cost. Could we do that? How many of you guys can we do that? Come on. Now look, don't do the easy one. Don't do the second one down. Let's do the big one. You know this whole time I've been up here ministering, if you have one of those... You know which one it is. You know which one it is, don't you? Yes, you do. We know which one it is. We know which one the Holy... Because the Holy Spirit's in charge of all ministry. And this whole time, I've just been the guy with the microphone, but you know. You know who we're talking about. Can we just do that together? Will that be all right? And look, I just release you right now from any worry about what the person next to you may think. You know, because that's just the way we do. We're like, oh my gosh, people are going to think I'm weird or whatever. Come on, this is life and death. And the Lord said this 
just out of nowhere. I said it, it came out of my mouth, and when it did, I went, oh, now that was good. Because I have no idea where it came from. When you forgive, you save two souls. You know? Why not? Why couldn't we do that right now? And look, if you're scrounging, if, you've, if you're a good forgiver anyway, and you're just having to find somebody, go ahead and find somebody. Get the, get the lowest rung on the ladder. But most of us have one or two that we really are, you know, you know what I'm saying. You got the one that you know the one the Holy Spirit's been going, right? Let's get that one. Let's do that business. Can we do it? Let's do it together. And just so that we're not weirded out by each other, let's go ahead and close our eyes right where you're at. Don't worry about the words you'll say. I'll, I'll lead you. Through this process. Let's just do it together. And you pastors, if you need to get a calculator out to figure out how many people have offended you, then that's okay. But come on, pick out the top dog, the one or two that really rub you. This is a real thing. It's a real transaction. If you do it, if you succeed, it'll be so different on the other side. So let's just do it together. First of all, say to God, God, I've come to settle accounts. You don't have to say this out loud. Just do it with your whole heart. God, I've come to settle accounts. I want, my desire is to settle up. I don't want this debt hanging out there anymore. I want it gone today. So can we settle this? So Father, we bring before you. We don't even have to mention it. We don't even have to say it to you, God, because you know it completely. You know what we're talking about. But God, right now, I bring before you this person, these people. And God, I lay all those facts out there. You saw what they did. You were there. You saw the intent of their heart. You saw the damage it's caused me. God, you've seen how many tears I've cried over this thing. God, let not one of my tears be unrecorded. I want to I count it all. I don't want anything left uncounted, God. You saw it. And now, Father, we, in Jesus' name, we say that this, the offender, the one who did me wrong, is guilty of that. In your court, by your standard, you know what happened. And we say none of it is forgotten. None of it is overlooked. None of it is unimportant. But it's all counted. Now, God, in full view of all of that, Every hurt, every pain, everything I've gone through, everything it's cost me personally. God, we say, look at the offender. Don't make them pay for it. We don't want them to pay. I want to pay. I want to pay. God, let it fall on me. I'll take all the pain. I'll take all the damage. And I'll bear it. 
God, I have pity on my offender. I pity them. And right now, in Jesus' name, I ask you, God, let the, the offense, let the, the pain, the damage, don't let it be accounted to them, but let it be accounted to me. I'll pay. I will. I will pay for them. I can bear the damage. And now, God, in Jesus' name, no man should be punished twice for his sins. I say release him. Release them. Let this matter never come up again. Let it never, never be accounted for. It's already been accounted for once. And I have agreed to pay it. God, we ask you to change the status of this person from where they're a beggar and a offender, a debtor to me. God, change their status to where they're free because I paid for them. I paid for them. I release them and I let them go. And God, I'm okay if they never know it. It's all right. You know it. I know it. Heaven knows it. That's enough for me. Now, Father, I ask you, since we have opted to bear the pain, Lord, you gave Jesus grace on the cross. You gave him grace to bear. Grace enough. Lord, give us grace to bear the cost with joy. Not just enough to survive, not just enough to get through and be beaten up, but God, to emerge with joy like Jesus did. And God, just as Jesus had a completely new body, completely resurrected new life. I believe that you're going to heal our hearts and that place that was dead will come alive. The place that was damaged will be made whole. And Father, in Jesus' name, we banish every resentment and anger and anything else our carnal mind might throw at us because we know it's over, it's done, it is finished. Say these words, I forgive. I have paid, say it, I have paid, I forgive. It's over. Come on.
Now, let me say it to you this way. I don't know how we were planning to end. But if you're still processing, don't feel the need to move. I just recommend to you, I, I, I exhort you, keep your seat in the seat until it's done. When it's done, I see many, many beaming smiles. So there are many who are done. If you're not done yet, don't sweat it. It may take you a minute. But I can tell you before God, I am a man who holds nothing against no one. I've been offended a bunch, but I, I got nothing to say to anybody. I've borne the cost. I'm done. You should leave here that way. That's a good feeling. Recommended. And listen, if you're having trouble, some things, you know, not everybody gets it going the first time, but you can. Don't quit until you're done. When you start to feel joy and peace and benevolence toward the person who you used to be really, really cheesed off at, then you're done. So don't quit until you're done. Oh, man, you'll be happy. I've seen some, wish you could see what I see. I see some beaming, beaming smiles. You should look around on your way out. There's people that are free from stuff. We didn't even have a deliverance service or anything. But there's, yeah, really, it's a different kind. Wasn't it? We've had a few things come out when people are doing the forgiveness thing. Uh, amen? Now, the outline for that is right there in your Bible, so you don't even have to take notes. It's Matthew 18. You just go back there and Jesus said, forgive the way you have been forgiven. How many of you... Did a little business right there with God. How many of you feel like because of what you did, somebody else has just been let go? Somebody else has been free. You've saved a soul. May have saved your own. And if you're, if you for whatever reason right now feel like, you know, that's really good, sounds good and all, but I, it doesn't really hit me hard right now or I don't, I don't really apply let me tell you something that will save your life because you may not be in it right now you'll be in it if you live on this planet man somebody's going to do you and you need to be an excellent forgiver skilled because it'll help you amen amen